Hello, James here. Welcome to the James Cast, and I have got a really fantastic podcast replay for you here. We've pulled a couple of pieces out of the homeopathy conversation that I had with Ryan Penny and Dr. Jenna Burton, and we really wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts of, okay, how exactly do homeopaths treat? And let's look at a very specific issue, back pain. How would a homeopath deal with it? It was kind of fun because Dr. Jenna and Dr. Ryan really had a nice conversation about how they approach things and really interesting how similar some of the thought process is between the homeopath and the traditional doctor. But what I really found interesting was the length of time that a homeopath will invest in a consultation. Well, Ryan Penny will invest in a conversation and it's extraordinary. And it really does remind me of the complaint that Dr. Jenna has about the type of medicine that she tends to deal with, where it's get the patient in, get them out as fast as you can, get that billing done and get on to the next with really very little time to get to know the history, etc. So what a great conversation, how homeopaths actually go about doing their job. You're going to love it. It's right here on the James cast. Here we go. There's not a whole lot that's out there, whether it be antibiotic, anti-inflammatory, there's some tweaks and adjustments that have been made, but what's really come out in the last 20, 30 years? I don't know. You know, sometimes when I go back to the hospital, in fact, I, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember going, I hadn't been in the NHS for a number of years because I've been out in Dubai. And when I went back, I actually wrote a letter to the hospital saying, I bet nobody ever says good things. But I actually thought that it was advancing, maybe not in what we have available to prescribe. Prescribing I, not. I, I think in, in safety, oh, safety standards. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Standards, um, diagnostics, safety collaborations, netting. safety, yeah. patient, 100%. I think they're tremendous advance in there. Well, the part I'm alluding to is, the part I'm suggesting yeah. is, you know, okay, so what, I have an antihypertensive, I have a cholesterol lowering, I have an antidepressant, you know, I have a, uh, something for reflux, I have something for, you know, inflammation, I have an antibiotic, I have a steroid. And, you know, that's not to minimize the value of every one of those drugs. Every one of those drugs is potentially beneficial when appropriately prescribed. But it's one of those where you realize, I think, that's part of why some medical practitioners are coming over. They're saying, well, you know, I've got these eight or 10 things, 12 things that I prescribe day in and day out. And, you know, it's almost like this, you know, I'm just <laughs> doing a, the same old thing. Surely there's something yeah. else here. And that's the kind of person who, again, it doesn't even have to be homeopathy. And I'm not even going to suggest it should be homeopathy, but at least think along the lines of what else could really be incorporated to support this particular patient. Maybe how they think, maybe how they eat, maybe how they move, maybe some sort of therapeutic intervention outside of a medicine, but maybe a supplement, maybe there are so many options that are there, but it's that mindset that's well, we, helpful. We talk a lot about lifestyle medicine, don't we, James? Yeah, because often. I think there's people are very quick to take a tablet, and I can't remember who gave the quote, but it was something about, and I know we've mentioned it before, um, about how anything that you've taken a tablet form will never, ever be as good as something that you can do for yourself because yeah. the benefits will be so much greater on a much wider scale. Um, but the problem is it does require patient motivation. And oh, I know man, I used to have a clinic here and... Um, um, patients would come in and they would tell me that they wanted to make their skin better or they wanted to lose weight. So taking the latter example and you say, okay, so let's discuss, you know, diet and exercise. Oh, 
No, no, I don't want to diet. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to exercise. No, no, yeah. no, no. Right, okay. Well, Dr. Oz says you don't need, you just need this thing. Well, that, that electro belt, you put it, you want abs, put on that electro belt. <laughs> Five minutes, one time a day for two weeks, and you're going to have a six pack. Well, the thing is, is that then people end up going for things like surgery, but it's a yeah. short term thing. And then they don't like the way that their body shape falls afterwards because it affects the way that their, their figure is and how their, their fat distribution occurs later on because ultimately they've not fixed the initial problem um and and so it can be quite difficult and i think as you said then there's a lot of it is about trying to get into the psychology of of Absolutely. the patient and trying yeah. to change the way that they think let's not just opt straight away for statin let's think about our diet before we do that and let's try and let's try and give ourselves a period of time that we can try and work on your diet and of course there are some people that will still eventually need to have medical intervention sure. because of a genetic predisposition Absolutely. but that is not the case for the majority of people that you see in clinic a lot of it is a lifestyle decision and, and time, yeah. right? And I mean, all I keep yeah. hearing here is we come in, you know, I've, I've got some uh, acid reflux. So I get, what, what, what do people get for acid reflux these like days? Like a, a meprazole or an itadine or something There like you that. go. And, you know, you take one of those every day. Well, if you just stopped eating the croissants or <laughs> maybe you didn't eat as many grain, you know, the, you know, have one little piece of bread. Coffee. Coffee, yeah. Stop Smoking, drinking. Yeah, yeah, alcohol. Cut those things back. And I'm not saying get rid of them, but cut them back. Hey, like a little lifestyle change and it, it's going to work. And if you do all that stuff, you know, what, what else do people come complain about? Weight loss. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying everything. I can't lose yeah. weight. Well, look at the balance of things and, and people want the quick fix. I, I wonder if that's just part of the way society has developed. I want it now. I want it fast. I'm paying you the fee. This is private medicine. I'm paying you. I wanted to talk, just talk about back pain and how, how, you both, yeah, how, do, how do both of you manage it and how could you manage it together? What would, what would sort of the, the thought be? Because I'm figuring, as I'm blathering on here, it, the professor in me is, is going to, I'm figuring that that's a pretty common thing that comes, a pretty common presentation that comes to you. I can, I can start by telling you that whenever anybody comes into a surgery with back pain, the first thing I tell them is that, doctors don't manage back pain well. I need you to know that we don't manage back pain well. Do they do a Scooby-Doo head shake? <laughs> but it's, it's important that they know it and it's true and I think it's well accepted worldwide as well that back pain is the largest reason for people being off work. It's a huge cost to um, the community generally and also to that person. It has a huge impact on their quality of life and what we have to, to basically offer them is look, we can do imaging but really we're also thinking is that really changing the outcome? So we can offer it if we are worried that there's some red flag symptoms that there's something else going on then I have I can give you some pain relief so paracetamol pretty harmless NSAID you then start looking at some stomach issues opioids you're looking at other problems such as really bad constipation it can make people feel like they're not quite with it or there you've also got problems of addiction you've got things like diazepam or the PAMs the um, benzodiazepines which are addictive very addictive in the UK we only tend to prescribe them for two weeks in Australia for back pain they're much quicker to prescribe them that can help relax the muscles but it relaxes the person affects their work quality etc and then you've got things like antidepressants such as amitriptyline which can have for back pain for back pain yeah 
What? So and how do the antidepressants work with the back pain? Uh, I, it's basically to do with all the nervous pathways. Oh, okay. I'm not, I can't remember the exact source of pharmacology of it, but it's got something to do with how it affects the nervous pathway. And, and it's actually quite successful oh. and it's regularly prescribed. However, the reason amitriptyline um, is one of the triptylines which we used to use for depression. And the reason we stopped is because they do have implications on cardiology. Oh. So, and yet some, for some reason, when it comes to back pain, we're quite quick to get, let's drag out the amitriptyline again. And I'm not saying, that anybody that is on these drugs should not be on them obviously it's an individual basis the thing that i'm quicker to do than offer pain relief is 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 physiotherapy so Mm. like i think physiotherapy is something that's really important make sure people are moving when people have back pain it's very common to want to stay still but that's the worst thing that you can do for just sort of like a a radiculopathy so where a nerve is trapped with a muscle you want them to keep moving radiculopathy i've never heard that word before i've used it i know i think it's the second time and i think the first time you use that i said the same thing i've never heard that word it's it just basically (laughs) means you've got a, a, a nerve that's coming out from your spinal cord and it's clamped on by a tight muscle mm. and if you then stop moving that muscle gets tighter and stiffer and and so the the nerve effectively becomes further and further trapped and so you get these shooting pains down your legs burning yeah. sensations etc so ultimately that's all we have last worst case scenario you can refer to surgery surgery can alleviate pain very quickly but later down the line the person is more inclined to develop arthritis and no surgery no anesthetic is without some sort of risk and i always say i've used this to you lots of times but i always use it mother nature doesn't give you anything for free if you do something to somebody there will be a problem or something else or a cost associated down whether it's now or down the line and hence why for something like back pain that we see in young people um, we see in such a large number of the population if there is something else out there why not give it a try why not refer to the wellness brothers if this is something that they are used to dealing with they have things that they can use that are without side effects because all I know is everything I've got to offer you with the the only physiotherapy being the only thing that doesn't have any side effects why would you not want to give it a go it's, it's like people want to go for the quick fix I mean what I'm hearing they do is this, so uh, no one's got any patience I, James I don't <laughs> want to work on how I'm sitting I don't want to work on getting more exercise size. I don't want to, I just, give me the pill. Give me the pill. Is there a surgery? Is there something I can do? Which as you said, you pay now or you pay later. So this is where I would refer to Ryan. And so I'm curious to know what, mm. what Ryan does in this magical clinic of his that helps with back pain. <laughs> so let me go ahead and say, first and foremost, again, the subject, very broad, as you said, uh, only two types of people in the world, those with back pain and those who will have back pain. There so we go. it is so common, <laughs> you know, it's so common a problem. Um, and as you alluded to, there are multiple things that could be going wrong. I mean, everything from the skin through to, you know, the muscle, through to the nerve, through to the bones themselves, the facet joints, everything. So simple low back pain is, you know, that until you've identified something more serious. So I think the way we would look at it is this. Knowing somebody would come from somewhere like Jenna, we pretty much assume that you've ruled out something more serious Mm -hmm. and that is something that is very very important from a homeopathic perspective as well um so would you in that case sorry to interrupt but in that case would you want to if they've said okay have you have you been to jenna and would you want to see any of the imagery or absolutely okay so you'd ask them for their file absolutely so in many respects you know probably 80 percent of what we're going to cover with this particular patient we're going to be looking at in the same way you know this is this person what is the nature of their pain how long has it been there what's the severity you know what's the history what do they do All, all the kinds of things that would be clinical reasoning as to trying to make sense of what the cause is if you if you understand the cause you have a much better idea of how to manage it 
And the simple reality is, as you said, you know what, I don't want to change my posture. I don't want to go move. I don't want to do those yeah. things. Well, that's part of the reason why you have simple back pain. So as you said, you're either going to fix it now with some effort or you're going to suffer the consequences. So in all probability, if that low back pain is of an acute nature, the probability is that person needs some kind of anti-inflammatory analgesic. That's going to be helpful. And then to keep them moving. So the thinking is, or certainly in years gone by, was immobilize, right? Yes. Immobilize and traction. That's yeah. what you've got to do. That's the worst thing you can do. It is absolutely the worst thing you can do. I think they do. used to put people to bed years yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah. Put them in bed, right? And um, you, you have a look. So now what we would say is, listen, there's certain homeopathics that can certainly get to work both on a neurological and a muscular uh, and an inflammatory level, okay? But we are not going to have the kind of immediate pain relief from those meds. So in that particular situation, if the person decides, okay, this person's got no gastric history, there's no specific risk, we're going to put them on um, brufen for seven days, 10 days, however long, sometimes 30 days, whatever they're planning on doing, and whatever the degree of other sort of pain management is, that frees us up to go ahead and help that person again from a therapeutic perspective mm. um, and also from a mindset perspective. Ours is very, very much aimed at trying to educate the person. Again, you're not happy with your back pain, yeah, because you know it's causing you all these other issues, but do you recognize that it's because you sit 14 hours a day yeah. and you, know, you haven't done the kinds of things that allow that back to function? You know, you're not doing anything to really strengthen this core. You decide to quickly pick up your child you know, the bridge between picking them up and the legs and that is not that strong. What do you think? It's, it's going to just survive? <laughs> it's going to hold? No. So a good understanding of then another referral might be there to say, well, maybe a chiropractor would be useful in the situation. We, we love osteopaths. Maybe an osteopath yeah. against somebody who's going to come maybe from slightly more of a manipulative technique, although many of them will say it's not a manipulative technique. It's an adjustment. Okay, so we're going to come from the adjustment perspective. The physio is going to certainly try and you know loosen up those muscles. We in our center, as a part of um, you know sort of the, the homeopathic side, and that we use quite a bit of radio frequency. Uh, we've got some really, really good oh, equipment okay. to go ahead and facilitate, um, you know, just an easing of that whole section. So in so many respects, in my estimation, probably the most successful long-term management for low back pain is, again, rule out that there's nothing serious. Go ahead and try and contain the acute stage and then get them moving, strengthening what's appropriate, stretching what's appropriate and keep them going. So that would be my take on that. 